Well, let's find our text this morning, the book of Job, chapter number 2. Here on the recent, I do not know why, but the book of Job has just intrigued me. And I have been studying through the book of Job. And so you might get a lot of messages through the book of Job here in the recent, here soon. Um, the book of Job is a phenomenal book, and it really is. And um, Job is right before the book of Psalms. Um, and I've read through the book of Job a few times and just trying to get what the Lord wants. And there's a lot of words in there that just don't, don't it's a complex book. You just don't understand those words. Has anybody ever heard the word Leviathan? Leviathan, that's in there. I believe it's speaking. And, and you could probably look to Job chapter 40. Uh, two and find that word Leviathan. Job chapter forty-one and find that word Leviathan. And um, your Bible's probably going to tell you it's a whale. Your Bible's probably going to tell you it's an alligator. Uh, the side notes, but it's Satan is who it is. Um, and uh, I believe the Lord at the end of Job's journey, as he went through all those trials and all those things, that he showed who was who what. Satan was capable of and how he um, was capable of doing the things that he did as the Lord gave ability to. Um, let me just be clear real quick, okay? I want to be clear. Everything that goes on in your life is not because God's upset at you. Amen? It's not because you sinned, okay? Listen, the Bible tells us in Hebrews that God absolutely... Absolutely. God does chasten his loved ones, his beloved. He's, he does. That could be in any route. But we cannot always put that on him because sometimes Satan is the one who does it. Sometimes it's the case. And by the way, I forgot to read this, so y'all don't, y'all don't, I'm not, I'm not going to read that after, I promise. I promise I'm going to read it after. But, Listen, I, I'm very, very adamant on that. People give, people give Job's wife a bad rap. I'm not going to do that. The facts are is that she lost everything Job lost. And she wasn't in the ashes. All I'm telling you is that there's a lot of things that we can give people hard hard rap about. But what would happen if you went through the same thing? Y'all did practically go through a lot of the same stuff. I'm just going to preach this morning and try to get the help of the Lord. There's a 42 chapters in the book of Job. And I can't say I understand it all just yet. I would love to preach through the book of Job, but I don't know if I could. It's a hard book to preach through. I've never heard of anybody preaching through the book of Job. But this portion of Scripture is a familiar passage. Job chapter 2, verse 1. The Bible says, again, there was a day when the sons of God, you notice that first word, again, there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord. And Satan came also among them to present himself before the Lord. The Lord said unto Satan, From whence comest thou? And Satan answered the Lord and said, From going to and fro in the earth. And from walking up and down in it. 
And the Lord said unto Satan, Hast thou considered my servant Job? I preached on that one day. What if God says, Hast thou considered my servant? And he puts your name at the end of it. That there is none like him in the earth, a perfect and upright man. That does not mean he did not sin. That word perfect means um, trying. It means full. Um, perfect and upright man, one that feareth God and escheweth evil. And still he holdeth fast his integrity, all through, although thou movest me against him to destroy him without cause. And Satan answered the Lord and said, Skin for skin, yea, all that a man hath will he give for his life. But put forth thine hand now, and touch his bone and his flesh, and he will curse thee to thy face. And the Lord said unto Satan, Behold, he is in thine hand, but save his life. So went Satan forth from the presence of the Lord, and smote Job with some bulls from the sole of his foot into his crown. And he took him a potsherd to scrape herewithal, and he sat down among the ashes. Then said his wife unto him, Dost thou still retain thine integrity? Curse God and die. Famous statement. But he said unto her, Thou speakest as one of those foolish women speaketh. What? Shall we receive good at the hand of God, and shall we not receive evil? And all this did not Job sin with his lips. Hear me real quick. We give her a bad rap, and it was wrong for her to say that. It was. You know what I was going to preach on this morning? A wife that sticks around through thick and thin. But that's not what the Lord wanted me to preach. So I'm going to preach this thought. The brokenness, bitterness, and beauty in trials. The brokenness, bitterness, and the beauty in trials. And everything in one day was stripped from Job. One day. That's all it took to strip everything from Job. That's hard to swallow. I'm sure. God permitted it all to take place. And that's what's hard to swallow. God allowed it to take place. God allowed Satan to take Job's fortunes, touch Job's family, torture Job's flesh, and turn Job's friends against him. Now you think about that. You think about it. We know the end of the story, okay? We do. We know the end of the story, but don't jump there just yet, okay? Job endured a lot of brokenness. There was bitterness in the story. We see that. We read that from his wife. But the Lord was faithful to Job. And we know, we know many have dealt with scenarios, maybe some not close, maybe some a whole lot closer, but you have control of the outcome of those situations. As I have said before, in the darkest of nights, there you'll see the brightest of lights. You also shine the brightest in the darkest of times. People will see more of Jesus in you when you react, in your reaction to situations in your life. I want you to see a few things as I preach on that thought. The brokenness, bitterness, and beauty. In trials, notice number one, I want you to see the remaining character of Job. This is in, we're going to call this in the midst of brokenness. In the midst of brokenness, we see a remaining character 
of Job. The Lord said unto Satan, Hast thou considered my servant Job, that there is none like him in the earth, a perfect and an upright man, one that feareth God and escheweth evil, and still he holdeth fast his integrity, although thou movest me against him to destroy him without cause. Job had more than just a subpar character. Seemingly from reading this chapter and the first chapter, he was a true man of character. I, you know, I just want to say this quickly. This will, this will not be a prosperity message. Speaking on Job, is the, peop, the prosperity preachers, I'm not saying this is going to be a discouraging message because it's surely not. But the prosperity preachers, must not have, they must have never read Job. They must have never read about the rich man at the gate, Lazarus. Excuse me, the poor man at the gate, Lazarus. They must have never read about him. They were saved. Saved people going through stuff like this. But not to them. That's not what they think. They think, oh man, you live for God, you stay in the will of God, everything's going to be good, you're going to be rich, and everything's going to be fine. I wish that was the case, amen. Understand this, it's not always sin that brings bad upon yourself. It can be, but it's not always it's not a biblical doctrine. Job loved God. Job lived for God. And God does use trials at times to chasten his children. But just because a trial has come is not a clear indication that you have missed God or his will or stayed straight away from him. That is not always the case. But Job suffered, and I tell you, we will suffer as well. We will. But what matters, hear me, what matters is how we come out on the other side of that trial. That's what matters. Amen. In our time of suffering, and this is going to be a lot of easy preaching, hard living things today, okay? So I don't have to say it again. It's going to be hard, hard, hard living, okay? It's going to be hard preaching, easy preaching for me. But, but in our times of suffering, we will be able to keep our, will we be able to really keep our character? Not only before everybody else, but before the Lord. Notice with me, Job's, Job stayed a man of dignity. Now understand, the Bible says, Hast thou considered my servant Job, there's none like him in the earth. God had asked the same question prior to this. Look in Job chapter 1 verse 8. And the Lord said unto Satan, Hast thou considered my servant Job? There is none like him in the earth. It said the exact same thing in chapter 1 verse 7. Then he considered his servant Job and he took, Satan took everything from him. You've got to understand at this point of time, uh, we, at, we see God again asking the same question that Job had already lost his wealth. He had already lost his finances, his family, and he had already lost all that he had at this point. The only thing that Satan hadn't touched is Job yet. He had already took his ten kids, his three daughters and seven sons. He had already took them. He had already took 3,000 camels, 7,000 yoke of oxen. He had already took everything that Job owned. I believe God was aware of Job's dignity. He was a man of dignity. And those around him could see that he was a man of God and he lived for God. But how do we take trials, man? 
Could, could the Lord say the same about you and I? I hope he can. When difficulties come, man, do they, do they notice that? Remember, in the darkest of times, when the light of Christ shines, the brightest through you. It's so important. You'll make more of a testimony of yourself in the darkest of times. And even in the midst of trials, we can keep our integrity uh, and keep everything. And the world is watching our lives and your witness will be uh, too, mu- too much the more uh, effect if you stay the same in trials. Remember when I said just a few minutes ago that it's going to be easy preaching? Yeah. Uh, it's easy to live for God when the sun is shining. It is. But man, it's sometimes hard to live for God when the storm is raging. Job was consistent in his walk with God. Help us be consistent. He was a man of dignity. He was a man of devotion. The Bible says an upright man, one that feareth God and sheweth evil. He was one that feared God. He was a man who lived a holy life before God. I mean, he was an upright man. That's what upright means. He was an upright man. He was one who feared God. He feared a holy God. Now, that's not a fear. I'm scared of you, but that's a reverential fear. A fear of just simply saying, hey, I know who you are, and I know who I am. You're capable. You're capable of giving everything to me. You're capable of taking everything away. That's what Job had to say in verse 21 of chapter 1. Job said, And said, Naked came I out of my mother's womb, naked shall I return thither. The Lord giveth, and the Lord taketh away. But blessed be the name of the Lord. I'm telling you, it's a, we find nothing in the life of Job to reveal that he ever lost his reverence to God. His devotion to God. And there may have been times where he questioned God, but he never lost his reverence to God. And I believe it's okay to ask why, but remember, he's still God. It's okay to ask why. Job asked why in chapter 3 a bunch of times. But in those times, Satan would have have you believe that God doesn't love you. There's no use to continue on for him. I'm telling you, where has your faith gotten you? This is what the stuff he'll kind of try to say to you. Where's your faith gotten you? Where's your God gotten you? There, there are lost people who aren't facing these trials like you. Right? That's the, that's the kind of stuff that he tries to bring up upon us. And I've seen people in that grow bitter towards God. It ought to bring us closer to God. There are times, those are the times when we need God the most. I've been through trials. I haven't been through trials that everybody in here has been through. You've been through worse. You've been through more than me sometimes. But in some places, I may have been through more than you. But I've been through trials. Y'all know. But man, we must stay devoted to God. He's the same yesterday, for it, today, and forevermore. Amen. He must stay devoted. And Job said he was, and God said Job was an upright man. He was one that feareth God, and he excheweth evil, meaning he shunned it. A man of he was a man of devotion. He was a man of determination. Notice the last part of this verse. And still, and still, and still he holdeth fast his integrity all through, although thou movest me against him and to destroy him without cause. 
He said, you've done moved, you've done moved me against God, me against Job. I mean, the friends come in and blamed everything on Job and said, Job, you've sinned. What have you done? Remember what Brother John preached the other night. I mean, you don't, who needs friends when you got, who needs enemies when you got friends like these? They didn't have, he didn't have good friends. <laughs> the writer of the book Elihu, that's what I believe wrote the book of Job. And the writer of the book, he, he's written, he's, he's in here, he's the only thing that had anything good to say. The other three friends, Bilda, let's see, there's Bilda, Eliphaz, and Zophar. They didn't have much good to say to Job the whole time. I just want to say this, just hit a little tidbit. Eliphaz, the Temanite, if you do any study on Eliphaz, the Temanite, I don't know if this is exactly the case, and I can't just prove this to you 100%. But uh, Esau had a son by the name of Eliphaz, and they were relate. They were close to the Temanites. So this might be the son of Esau, and we know that that's no good. But he wasn't a good friend to Job. He wasn't a good friend. All I'm telling you is that Job, though, even though with all of that going on in his life, he still was determined. You know, determination to serve God has to be made a decision at the beginning. So if you decide you're going to serve, serve God with all your heart, with all your soul, mind, strength, man, keep that. Decide it then. Then you won't have to decide it when the trial comes. Uh, Job had already suffered greatly at the hand of Satan, yet he remained committed to the Lord. He wasn't about to abandon the one who had blessed him with all that he had in the first place. Right? He said, he said blessed be the name of the Lord. Necah came out of my mother's womb. Necah shall return thither. But bless, uh, the Lord giveth, the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And if we can look at things that way. And Job said, but he said unto her, thou speakest as a foolish one. What? Shall we receive good at the hand of God? And shall we not receive evil? He's saying that. He's saying, hey. Hey, God give us all of this, and God had the right to take it away. Job had lost his family, he lost his finances, he lost his farm, everything he had, he lost. He realized that God had given and God had taken it away. And take a moment to consider all that God's blessed you with. Man, friend, has he not been good to us? I mean, really. We must be careful that our worship isn't centered on the blessings that we received. We must realize that we're not worshiping God just because He's good to us and just because He's been who He is to us and give us what He's given us in possessions, but we are worshiping God because of who He is. If you worship God only because of what He gives you when the trial comes and everything is gone, you won't have nothing to worship. It's the truth, man. It's easy preaching. Love the Lord. He's still God. The remaining character of Job in the midst of brokenness. Secondly, I want you to notice the real catastrophes of Job. There's a measure of bitterness in this. I want you to notice the source of his trial. Verse 1 and verse 2. The Bible says, And there was a day when and Satan came among them to present himself for the Lord. And the Lord said unto Satan, From whence comest thou? So my point is there very clearly is there's a source in his trial and the source is Satan. 
Satan's the source. Verse 7, So went Satan forth from the presence of the Lord and smote Job with sore boils from the sole of his foot unto his crown of his, crown of his head. There came a day in Job's life when Satan began to accuse him before God. Did you know that Satan still has to go before God? He's a mighty accuser of the brethren. That's what Romans tells us. He's an accuser of the brethren. He was walking to and fro from the earth seeking someone to attack. That, that was nothing new though. I mean, Satan appeared to Adam in the garden. God isn't the problem. God isn't your problem in your trials. 1 Peter 5, 8, we read it earlier. Be sober, be vigilant for your adversary. The devil walketh about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. Every child of God will face the attack of the enemy and he desires nothing more than to defeat and to destroy and those who are living for the Lord especially. Remember, if you claim Christ, you will, have, you will be on the radar for Satan. Especially, especially if you're serving him. Sooner or later, trials will come. What's the saying? They say you're either going in a trial, in the midst of one, or coming out of one. I mean, that's life, man. That's life. The source of his trial was Satan, though. The seriousness of his trial. Verse 13, uh, So they sat down with him upon the ground seven days, seven nights. And I'm reading the wrong verses. Chapter 1. And there was a day when his sons and his daughters were drinking, eating and drinking wine in their eldest brother's house. And there came a messenger unto Job and said, The oxen were plowing and the asses feeding beside them. And the Sabians fell upon them and took them away. Yea, they have slain the servants with the edge of the sword. I only am escaped alone to tell thee. While he was yet speaking, there, also, there came also another. And the fire said, The fire of God is falling from heaven. By the way, it wasn't the fire of God. Nonetheless, and hath burned up the sheep and the servants and consumed them, and I only am escaped alone to tell thee. That's not all. That's not worse. That's not, it's about to get worse. And while he was yet speaking, there came also another and said, The Chaldeans made one out, made out three bands and fell upon the camels and have carried them away, yea, and slayed the servants with the edge of the sword. I am, on, am escaped alone to tell thee. While I was yet speaking, there came one, and also another and said, Man, I couldn't imagine this, what's about to take place. I couldn't imagine losing my boys. But thy sons and thy daughters were eating and drinking wine in their eldest brother's house. And behold, there came a great wind from the wilderness and smote the four corners of the house, and it fell upon the young men, and they are dead. I am only am escaped along to tell thee. Now you think about this. You think about the things uh, that are taking place in this. And it all happened in one day. He lost all of his camels. He lost all of his camels to the Chaldeans. He lost all uh, of, his, uh, of his sheep and his servants to the fire of God, which is not what it was. But he lost all of those. Uh, and the Sabians come in and destroyed uh, many different things, all the oxen and plows uh, and all that stuff. And everything was destroyed in a short time. Do you realize how much planning had to go into this? By Satan. He planned to destroy Job. I mean, you're talking about sending the Sabians, the Chaldeans, the fire. And he had to get the wind ready. God gave him 
God gave it in his hand. He had to get all that stuff ready just to destroy Job and his family. Just to turn him on God. That was his purpose. Friend, I'm telling you, on that day, Job lost all of his web, all of his servants, all of his children. And they, these verses we've read, today we find him mourning his losses. And Satan touches his body with bulls. From the sole of his feet to the crown of his head. Job was suffering under a heavy burden. I can only imagine what you think. And I pray we can trust the Lord in those times. We, we must learn to lead. The Bible, lean. the Bible says lean not alone. Understand in all thy ways acknowledge him. And he shall direct thy past. path. Job would have never made it out without God's hand of mercy. And he of all people could have been bitter uh, towards God. But he chose to worship God instead. Some in here have been through it, some worse than others. But Lord, help us to worship him through it. Amen. I want you to notice the sovereignty of his trial. The enemies had come. Verse 12, chapter 1. Verse 12, And the Lord said unto Satan, Behold, all that he hath is in thy power, only unto himself. But So, you see that. That's all I have to read. Chapter 2, verse 6, And the Lord said unto Satan, Behold, he is in thine hand, but save his life. <laughs> he would only let Satan go so far. Even in Job's misery, God was still in control. And Job remembered that Satan had to, and, and, and I tell you, is that, you realize this? This is one thing I realize that's going through this. You know that Job didn't know anything about that was that was going on in heaven? Think about that. He didn't know the conversation that Satan and the Lord was having. All he knew is that everything was coming upon him. All he knew that there was a wind coming, that there was a, a Sabians coming and Chaldeans coming and the fire coming and all of that. That's all that he's seen. Uh, he did not know anything that God was permitting. And I can only, uh, but, but Satan knew that he could only go as far as God permits. Uh, and I say thank God for that hedge. Amen. God, Satan told us something that we'd have never known. I, I marked that in my Bible. I put, thank you Satan. And I know that's weird, but. He said there's a hedge around him. I'm trying to find it, but I got it in my other Bible. I ain't got it in this Bible. But there was a hedge around Satan. Around excuse me, a hedge around Job. Yeah. Made a hedge about him. Verse ten, chapter one. There's a hedge about him at this time. And I, I tell you is that, that, that Satan knew that. Satan knew that there was a hedge around him. and he'll, he'll, but, but Satan eventually reached a point where God said that's enough. Can't go no farther than that. Life will bring difficult days. We're never out of the Lord's control. Satan desired to sift Peter as wheat. He did sift him as wheat. But Jesus prayed for Peter. Think about that. Jesus prayed for Peter. And when it seemed as if the world was falling apart, I'd say we need to take comfort in who we belong to. 
Amen. All these trials could have caused bitterness from Job. And I believe we can see partially that in his wife. Maybe even partially in Job a little farther. But he did press on, and there's some things Job didn't lose. I went through this, and I mentioned it on our group chat not long ago. And in our valley, and in our hard times, and in our trials, and in our temptations, and in places where nothing seems to make sense in our life, when you've seemingly lost all your joy, all your possession, all the power that you had, there's some things that we must not lose. We notice here that Job did not lose his adoration. Job said in chapter 1, in verse number 21, And naked came I out of my mother's womb, naked shall I return thither, the Lord give, and the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. He lost everything else, but, he, but, but God didn't change. And he knew that. He was still the same. No matter what happens in our lives, it will never change the Lord. Keep adoring who he is. Job didn't lose his adoration. Job didn't lose his ashes. Chapter 2, verse 8, the Bible says, And he took a potsherd to scrape himself with all, and he sat down among the ashes. Now, <laughs> This may not seem good, but I, I, I really can't even prove this, but I believe there's a great application that can be taken from here. Because the ashes could resemble his past victories. It could resemble his past victories, the good times, the good things, all the victories that God had already given him. Maybe those were ashes from past sacrifices that Job would give to God. Past sacrifices that Job had given to God in a place where he knew God was. He sat there at the ashes and scraped himself with all. And I, he knew where God was. And it was a place that God had met him before. Friend, I'm going to give you some advice. Don't lose your ashes. Don't lose the ashes. Job didn't lose his ashes. Job didn't lose his altar. Verse 5, chapter 1, the Bible says, And it was so, when the days of their feasting were gone about, that Job sent and sanctified them, and rose up early in the morning, and offered burnt offerings according to the number of them all. For Job said, It may be that my sons have sinned and cursed God in their hearts. Thus did Job continually. He did it continually. He didn't stop. He didn't stop, and he went to the altar on the behalf of others. And beloved, I tell you, we must not lose our burden even when things seem dry and hard on our side. We still need to seek God on behalf of others. Job didn't lose his assurance. Job chapter number 19, verse 25, Job said, For I know my Redeemer liveth, and ever liveth, and maketh intercession. He, he liveth. I know my Redeemer liveth. After it was all said and done, though dry, though cold, though hard, he knew God was alive and still working in his life. And friend, I'm telling you, in those times, in those times, there's sovereignty in your trial. And you better realize, keep close to God. So he said there's a remaining character of Job in the midst of brokenness. There's the real catastrophes of Job. And there's a measure of bitterness Lastly, I want you to note the resulting conclusion of Job. And um, 
miracle of beauty. Turn with me, if you would, in chapter 42, book of Job, and we're done. Chapter 42 of the book of Job. So things looked dark for Job, but he had not been forsaken. God wasn't about to leave him in his time of need. There were some difficult days ahead, but his hope would be restored. And the fact is, friend, seasons of life come and they go. Trials don't last forever. The Lord blessed Job in the end. Notice with me in verse number 8, chapter 42. The Bible says, And therefore take unto you now seven bullocks and seven rams, and go to my servant Job. This is God talking. And offer up for yourselves a burnt offering, and my servant Job shall pray for you. For him will I accept. This is after. This is after the the ashes were there. It's after all the things were gone in his life. He still knew God would accept him. God received Job. He didn't receive the three friends. He received Job. He said, you go over there and you take that sacrifice to Job. Let Job pray for you. Friend, much of the book of Job records a conversation with Job and his friends. And much of what they had to say were accusations against Job and what he had done to deserve God's wrath and all of those things. And in the end, God commanded them to offer a sacrifice and seek out Job to do it and pray for them. Through all of the suffering, Job never dishonored the Lord. And friend, he remained faithful and God honored him because of his faithfulness. Uh, And the Lord is mindful of this life uh, we live before others. uh, And a faith that honors God, especially in trials, will be honored by God in return. And I'm telling you, if, if we can resist becoming bitter, God will make it beautiful when the trials settle. God received him. God restored him. Look at verse 10. And the Lord turned the captivity of Job when he prayed for his friends. Also the Lord gave Job twice as much as he had before. You say Job didn't get 20 kids back. Nobody had 10 in heaven. It's different. Look at verse 12. So the Lord blessed the latter end of Job more than his beginning. For he had... 14,000 sheep. He had seven before. 6,000 camels. He had three before. 1,000 yoke of oxen. He had 500. And 1,000 she asses. He had also seven sons and three daughters. At the beginning of Job's trial, Job lost all that he had. And God gave him over and above what he lost. So the Lord blessed the latter end of Job more than he did the beginning. And, and when facing trials, and it may seem that they're all is lost, but we serve God. We serve one who is well able to supply back what we He owns all of it. God may well have taken away to provide for something far better. And if you remain steadfast, the Lord will take care of you in your hour of need. God restored him. 
And I want you to notice God reminded him. Talking about beauty, right? From bitterness to beauty. Verse 14, and he called the name of the first Jemima. First thing I think about is serpent. That's not what it's talking about here. Okay. And the name of the second, Keziah. And the name of the third, Karen Habit. So the Bible records only the names of the three daughters of Job. That's unusual for the Bible. It's very unusual for the Bible. The Bible typically records the male's name. It's just what it is. But here it only records the three daughters' names. Now, there's great significance in these names, and God has reminded Job of his faithfulness, and it is reflected in the names of his daughter. And by the way, by the way, the reason I was going to preach on the wife that stays through thick and thin is it never mentions Job's wife again. Chapter 19 it doesn't mention Job's wife after chapter 19. It doesn't even say Job's wife. He's, Job is talking about his wife. But she stuck around even though she said curse God and die. You say, well, where? They had seven kids again. She stuck around through thick and thin. That's important because she stuck around. The fact is is that there was, I read this the other day. Life is difficult, right? Sometimes life is going to be real hard. But here's what you have to look at. This, this, history, this history teacher, I was reading this book, this history teacher said this. He said, if Columbus had turned back, nobody would have blamed him, but nobody would have remembered him either. I don't know about you, but that's a long time. 1492, is that right? Nobody would have blamed him for turning back. You know the first you know what everybody told Joe, you know what excuse me, you know what everybody told Columbus when he left out the sail? Well that. But he also says they also said that there are dinosaurs over there. They also said there's big creatures over there. They also said there's big things over there in the deep is what they were talking about. We're not going to get into that. But I, there is a reminding here. Let me get to it. He named the first Jemima. The word Jemima means day. Job had endured a night of trials. He endured a night of hard time, of suffering, of all of that stuff. And this was a promise that weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. Amen. Psalms 35, that's what it tells us. He named the second one Keziah, which comes from the name of a bark used for fragrance perfume. And the life of Job, think about this, the life of Job had endured nothing but stench of death and suffering. Right? Think about it. That's all it was. And there was a fragrance to enjoy in his misery. But God had provided a sweet-smelling savor at the end of his trial. It's amazing to think about. God has it. All, the Bible's a perfect word. Amen? Amen. 
Job's sorrow had been replaced with the sweetness of God's grace. God's grace gave him another girl. Third girl, Karen Hapik. This word means box of eye paint. Its name means a box of eye paint. And it spoke of her beauty. This word was also used in reference to the face of Moses in Genesis chapter number 33 when Moses came off the mount and said he shined. It's the same word. And it means a face of paint. It's glory. It's beauty. It's radiant beauty. And I'm telling you, friend, it was much of what Job had endured was misery and was dreadful. And he had suffered much pain. He had suffered much despair. But now he is enjoying the radiant beauty of God. Friend, all, our lives will have dark hours. But when the storm ends, you can still worship the God of heaven. Child of God, this life will have its share of difficulties but one glorious day we'll enter into the heavenly abode and all be gone be radiant beauty by the way that is the same glory that Christ will have on him comes from the same Greek word as Karen Hapek comes from the same Greek word that means radiant beauty isn't that amazing that one day when we get to the city of God It'll all be over. You'll never have to worry about one single thing. You'll not have to worry about breathing anymore. You'll not have to worry about on fire anymore. You'll not have to worry about anything along those lines because God will be there. And there's His perfection. It's perfection. And I don't know where you are today, but you may, you may just want to come around the altar and thank God for a minute. Amidst the most difficult and trying time you ever had, God turned Job's trial from brokenness to beauty. Went from brokenness to beauty. And how Job responded is what it rested on. To be, bitter, to be better at the end of the trial is going to take the Lord working on you before the trial ever begins. I advise you this morning to look to Him. To look to Him. This morning, everybody stand to your feet, please. Brokenness, bitterness, and beauty, and trials. God's faithful this morning.